dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael. Today's episode is Mother Natalia's. She is talking about surrender, especially to God's will, and how that is not just a passive thing like many of us may think, but rather Christ himself surrendered as we hear in our divine liturgy um, and what beautiful things that brought about. We talk about many aspects that I cannot remember right now about what this means and many things you can read and many <laughs> things you can watch and all those good things. And I do, the 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 mountain is called Masada. Masada, you're going to hear me <laughs> forget the name later in the podcast, uh, but the name is Masada and I know that. We also talk about, if you're listening, Mother Theodore, we talk about all the John Denver songs that we know and love so much. You don't even need to listen to this podcast, Mother. Like, that's just what we talk about the whole time. It's John Denver. I'm um, just kidding. If you don't like John Denver, we don't do that either. Um, yes. So thank you. If you are a hashtag banter hater, you can skip ahead from the end of this recording to seven minutes and 22 seconds. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever, Mother. This might be, Father Michael, the first time that I'm sad to see your face on Squadcast. I know. Me too. It's so disappointing. You're supposed to be here in this room recording with me. Actually, we were going to record in Fotina probably, so we wouldn't have been in this room. <laughs> but regardless, you're supposed to be in Ohio. Close enough. I know. I just, so I, this is how out of it I was. I forgot that I had texted my niece Shaylee and told her. So I had to text her app. She came out. She's like, just want to make sure you got my text about like when I'm available. I was like, I'm so sorry, Aww. bug. Like I, I totally, I, I was so out of it. I forgot. Like I had said, I might be able to visit you. Uh, Franco texted me from Steubenville being like, Hey, you come to the cigar bar. I'm like, Oh, I'm so sorry, Franco. You know, anyway, it was like oh both goodness. of them. I was like, I just, I forgot everything else. I, I let you know uh-huh. that I, anyway, I'm sick. I told I Maddie sick on, and yeah. Oh. And I got I got sick on on Monday night. I literally went to go lay down. I was like, I need a nap, and I had like twenty minutes for one. And then I woke up and I felt horrible. And I was like, sometime in that twenty minutes, I went from like just being tired to absolutely feeling horrible. Mm. And then the next day, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to get on a plane. I know. I I, need- I kind of think it might be my fault. Uh, probably, but why? Why do you think? Um, because <laughs> I. I, I Sorry, can, that was just so irrational. I was, I was kidding. But go ahead. <laughs> I confess this to poor Maddie because she's suffering from her spiritual father not being here as oh. well. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry, Maddie, it's my fault. Because here's the thing, Father Michael, we were talking about um, in our last direction. I know you can't say this, but I can. <laughs> in our last direction, I was talking about what I wanted to do for the fast. And part of it was I was like, I think that there are ways that I'm too dependent on like consolation from relationships. And so I'm going to like extend my communications fast and so on and so forth. And, um, and so I was just praying at the beginning of the fast about how I really think that Jesus wants to help me with detachment for this fast. I mean, that's the point of every fast, right? But specifically like detachment in relationships. Um, and then you were like, I have to cancel. I'm sick. And I was like, Jesus, that's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, so it's my fault. Jesus is. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know why. Like on my end, obviously, just getting sick is getting sick. So there's no explanation for it. But but I I have so much to do in the office that I'm like, Lord, do you really want me to? Do you want me just to buckle down and do this? You know. So I'm especially in the middle of the day. I'm feeling well enough. I can return emails and things like that. 
Um, but also, um, I just, I just needed a break. I was, I was so looking forward to just going out there to like not be around my phone mm-hmm. and just to hang around you. As I've told mil- millions of people, like Christ the Bridegroom Monastery and you are, are like a, are like an escape from a priest's, from the toughest part of being a priest mm-hmm. and an immersion to the, the most joyful parts of being a priest. Like the, the Aww. parts I don't like are the <laughs> office work, the, the taxes. Like today I'm trying to figure out what, how do I, the, our churches, our parish is getting a credit card. And so I'm sitting there with the application, like, I have no idea what this word means. I have no idea. Like this is, I, I texted our financial minister. I'm like, I'm like, what is our liabilities in blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Like I'm looking at our profit loss sheet. I'm looking at our budget sheet. I have no idea what amount to put in this place for this application for a credit card. And I'm like, really? I, I don't, anyway, I, I, I have a secretary that comes in one day a week. God bless Anne. Um, but she's sick too. So I, I, I called her. She was feeling better. I'm like, you know, what? I'm just going to call Patty at the eparchies. Anyway, yeah, it was, uh, it, I would have gotten away from all those things and been able just to be like the best parts of being a priest, like being a father mm-hmm. and, and talking to people that, that need a father, you know, and things like that. And then anyway, so well, God's, God's will Hearing be done. All it, the it, it was fitting. And- <laughs> yeah. It was fitting. I was like, you know what? We're in the fast. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to suck it up. It's also really fitting. This is probably the most unintentional and best segue we've ever had, <laughs> but it's really fitting for my topic today, which is you're not supposed to say that. It it, it ruins the, the the i the epic segue if you if you say like okay here's the segue. Oh, sorry. This is like <laughs> that kidding. thing that I don't know. I do all of the podcast things wrong, like giving shout outs at the beginning <laughs> and, and um one of the other things. Oh, the you taught me about breaking the fourth wall. Breaking down the. That's what, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind breaking the fourth wall. I don't mind at all. Um, I think it's kind of. Oh, not here. breaking down, just breaking. Yeah. <laughs> Burning the bridge of the fourth wall, something like that. <laughs> oh, but did you see that on Instagram? Someone pointed out that the thing that I do with idioms where I conflate, I did this mm-hmm. with a podcast title episode and totally messed up the episode title. When yeah. the second Evil Thoughts episode, so shout out to okay. whoever corrected this. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. The graphic's done. All the things are put <laughs> out. We're not changing it. But um, I appreciate the correction anyways. Uh, so you know how I like combine idioms? Um, yes. Uh, like does I said. Does the Pope poop in the woods and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say does the Pope poop in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to edit it. That's one of my favorite combined idioms. Oh, that's really great. Uh, well, so when we, we did the first three evil thoughts, and then I think we yes. I called that like the first three evil thoughts or something like that. I don't know. And then we did the other five evil thoughts of the eight. And I called yes. the episode Evil Thoughts 5 through 8. But it's not uh, 5 through 8. It's 4 through no. 8. But I yes, got the five from thinking these are the last five. And I like put the two <laughs> together and someone but um uh, I think the fourth one is maybe anger. So maybe that was my subconscious being like, I wanna not acknowledge this, which is probably the one I struggle with the most, actually. Anger. Um, I'm very vainglorious also. Anyways, um and prideful. Never mind all of them. I <laughs> struggle the most with all of them. <laughs> so anyways. Same here. Um so thankfully someone pointed that out on the I also can't believe none of us caught that. Like, you didn't catch that. The media team did. Like, none of us caught that. It just. 
Anyways. I did not expect me to catch up. I didn't expect you to catch it. And I didn't expect the media team to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I didn't expect you to catch it either. <laughs> you do catch things in the, when I title them though, things that are like, I don't realize that they have a different connotation in culture now because I've been in the monastery uh, for a long time. Yeah, that's because I hear confessions. <laughs> yeah, and so sometimes Father Michael's like, you can't call the episode title that. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and you're like, that was fine in 2015. It's not fine anymore. <laughs> Anyways. So. Um, so today's topic is surrender, specifically surrender to God's will, uh, which I think is just, it's one that we struggle with so much. At least I struggle with it so much. And um, anyone that I ever talk to struggles with it. So I think that almost everybody struggles with this. Um, and it's a really important one. And we tried to record on this last, like a few days ago, and there was a technology glitch, which is fine because I was trying to shove it into like a 20-minute podcast. <laughs> and for sure we need the full hour and then some. But... Um, the reason this was on my heart to talk about, it's something I've been praying with a lot recently in the past several weeks um, because there have just been a lot of situations in my life that um, I'm kind of out of control with. Not I'm out of control. They are out of my control. And um, also I'm out of control, but they're out of my control and I'm realizing that I need to surrender. Uh, and so while already kind of having that in the back of my mind, um, we were on community retreat a couple of weeks ago and the retreat director was talking a lot about surrender. And he made this point that I thought was really, really good. He said, he said, you know, we often think of surrender as being a passive thing. Um, but it's not actually passive at all. There's very much an action in the surrendering. And so the example he gave was um, when when there's a soldier um, at war and he's like captured by the enemy and he has to surrender, um, it's like the enemy says, put down your arms. And then he puts down his arms. And then the enemy says, um, now like kneel down and then he kneels down and then now put your hands behind your head and then he puts his hands behind his head and um, and then um, the enemy then might like tie his hands and lead him away or whatever it is. But, um, but it's very much a matter of um, like doing what I'm told to do basically when I'm surrendering. It's not just a matter of, it's not the same as playing dead, right? Like when... Um, when an animal is attacking and it's the kind of animal that you're supposed to play dead, like that's not what surrendering is. Um, and I, th I, yeah, I think as long as, as long as playing dead is the, is the easy fearful thing to do. Cause sometimes, sometimes playing dead is actually like, and you hear stories about people that were, you know, a whole groups of people that were shot up and what and one person played dead in order to not be shot. Mm -hmm. So in other words, sometimes playing dead is the courageous thing to do, as yeah. obvious as that sounds. I'm I'm not saying that it's not courageous. I'm saying that they're two different things. To surrender is not the same as to play dead. Okay. Do you disagree with that? No, no. Oh, okay. I, I just I what I'm get what I'm thinking. I'm not about. even saying I'm, whether I'm, it's I'm not speaking to playing dead. I'm just saying like that's okay. not what we're talking about when we're talking about surrender. Yeah. I, I well, I'm, I guess I'm jumping ahead to say that surrender 
is surrender to God is actually the courageous thing to do. Yes. It takes effort. It takes bravery. It takes virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then that, that's an active thing rather than a passive thing. Absolutely. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So that's okay. So the, um, so as, as our retreat director, the, the monk who was directing our retreat, as he was talking about this concept of surrender um, as being an active thing, not passive, um, I realized, and I articulated this as a question to him of like, would you say this is accurate? Um, and he liked it very, very much. So um, what came to me was we often think of surrender as giving up. Um, but I think that at least in this Christian sense of surrender, it's more accurate to think of it as a giving over instead of a giving up. Um so I, I looked up the etymology of the word surrender and sir, the sir part means over, right? Like we hear this in the word surpass. Um, so the sir means over and then render is to give back. Um, the render part means to give back. So it's the two put together is, is translated as, as to give up or to deliver over. And, um, and I think that actually like, so I guess I guess this is the distinction I would make. I think that to surrender in the way that we're called to surrender, which I'm going to develop that um, in in a minute, but to surrender the way we're called to surrender is a giving over. Um, to surrender out of a fear is a giving up, and yeah, um, and that's kind of like what you're talking about, and um, that it needs to be the the giving over of control. That's the courageous thing to do. Um, not just to giving up. Um, because I think that, so here's where I want, (laughs) I want to make a little bit of a, um, like I want to move away a bit from the analogy that the retreat director gave of um, the soldier surrendering to the enemy because I think it was a, a good analogy to get us started on thinking of what it is to surrender and the fact that it's not um, passive and and so on. But but there is like a failure in the analogy of when we're talking about surrendering to God, like we don't want to think of God as just this tyrant or this like <laughs> enemy soldier, right? right. Who's <laughs> just like um, hanging our life over our heads or something like that. Um so I want to move away from that analogy a little bit. Uh, and, but I, I think that like part of the goodness there is it gets us thinking, just why do we surrender? So, so like in that situation, the reason the soldier surrenders is because he realizes that um, he's, that the situation is out of his control. Uh, he is, he has the 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 enemy soldier has the upper hand and it's in the the first soldier's best interest at this point to surrender like this is his best chance at survival is to surrender yeah. uh and and so i think that this is this is what motivates us in general to surrender is when we think that there's uh that it's our it's our best option, right? Like there's no other thing that we can do, um, and that we we have a lack of control. So, where this deviates, then this analogy is, 
when we think of this in the sense of surrendering to God, um, first of all, there's just a rightness here of if we surrender because we realize that we don't have control over a situation, the reality is that God is in control, right? And we frequently like trick ourselves into thinking that we're the ones in control, (laughs) but really it's him all along. And so we're just rendering, giving back uh, to the one um, who is actually in control. And of course, like he gives us will, he gives us free will. Um, And so we have control in a situation, um, but like we, we don't own the situation, I guess is maybe a way to put it. Um, And so it's, it's a matter of giving over to God is first of all, recognizing the reality that he is the one in control ultimately. Uh, But it's also like the difference between him and the soldier um, the enemy soldier is, it is a matter of this is my best chance of survival. Like that part remains the same, but it's because I know that the one I'm giving my will to, the one that I'm surrendering to, um, has my good in mind. He has my survival in mind, my eternal survival in mind. And he, he loves me and wants to care for me, um, even more than I love myself, even more than I want to care for myself because he has like, he's omniscient, right? Like he has all of the the knowledge of the things that I do not. And um, he sees the whole tapestry, um, tapestry, tapestry. And uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll pause there because I'm sure you have things you want to say. But. Yeah, I think... <clears throat> It's, that's a very interesting way of looking at, at like a testing of our virtue is to say, what do we do when we are not in control? Um, and that, that, that's, it's what that happens. You don't really surrender unless you're not in control. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when, when the realization comes that I'm not in control, whether that's I've been captured by the enemy um, or, or in any situation where I am at somebody else's Somebody else is in control. I'm at somebody else's mercy. Um, what do I do? The, there is a virtuous way of of surrendering, and then there's an unvirtuous way of surrendering, as you mentioned. Um, I honestly, I, I I would be very interesting to do a little bit of research to see. Um, although I don't really need to, because I'll explain in a moment. <laughs> but to see what <laughs> wh- what other what other philosophies, what other spiritualities um, teach about this. Mm. Um, you know that there's the um, I'll think of it in a moment. There, there's a big mountain in the Holy Land, right by the Dead Sea. Um, I'm gonna look it up as we go. Um, and there was the, the story was there was a bunch of of Jews after the Revelation that climbed up this mountain to get away from the Romans. Mm-hmm. When the Romans came and took over, because the zealot the zealot um, Jews had 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 fought back. You know, against the the invaders, the invading Romans, and um, the, this last remnant of them had climbed up this mountain. I know people are yelling at their phones right now um, or at their their radios, um, but the uh, but they had gone up there and they survived for years. The, the, this, these Jewish rebels survived for years up there, and finally the Romans were able to make their way up this very, very steep cliff um, to get to these people. 
And when the Romans burst through the gates on top of this mountain that they had built up, um, they were all dead. They had all killed themselves. And, and it was, and it was like, you know, the, the, the guy who was giving us the tour was a, was a non-practicing Jew. So he was, a he was of Jewish ancestry, but he was not practicing it. And he just thought this was the greatest virtue ever. I mean, he, he said, you know, you do not let, you do not let the enemy control you. So mm-hmm. when you realize you're not in control, when you realize that you're going to be taken over, um, then you, you be in control. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and when you're, when you're in control, you, you take your own life because that, that is to make sure you're in control. Um, I disagree with that completely, right? So, so there's, I would have gone out fighting. I would have, I would have died at the, I mean, hopefully <laughs> I may have been a complete coward. Um, <laughs> who knows? I may have killed myself. Who knows? But, but by God's grace, I, I think the, the New Testament message, because what, what do we say in the divine liturgy? What rather when you surrendered yourself, oh, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, so, so Christ, what, his life was not taken. He surrendered himself. So we Christians, especially we, we Eastern Christians who hear this every single divine liturgy that Christ surrendered himself to death. Um, and we, we use that quite often. I'm guessing it's scriptural. That's horrible. I don't know. Um, but the, uh, um, when Christ surrendered himself, that, that adds a, a new meaning to what do we do when we're not in control? So I'm talking about now. And I think it, I think what you're getting at, mother, is that there's this, that there's a, a sense of uh, what does it mean when we are to to realize we're not in control ever, <laughs> and that's what you were just mentioning. But even when we realize that 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 horrible moment that we realize I'm not in control and I want to be, and there's times like that. There's many times like that in our life. You know, I get sick right now. I my right now my herniated disc is back and my back hurts. Like I'm not in control. There's nothing I can do right now that is moral and legal that is going to going to help my back in this moment feel better. I am out of control, and that that's kind of a frightening thing. And so I can surrender like Christ did in in, in carrying my cross rather than letting it drag me. Um, but uh, but there, there's something about again. What what do I do when I realize I am not in control? This can mean in a negative way, like I I I want to be in control, but I I am right now a victim of something, whether it's back pain or illness or mourning or uh, somebody has captured me. There's all these times when I say um, this is a negative situation. I've realized to my horror that I'm not in control. Now what do I do? Do I do like what Christ did, even though he was in control? This is the beauty of what, who Christ is. Even though he was in control, he still surrendered himself, uh, which is kind of what we're supposed to be doing to his will. Um, but do I, do I surrender in the sense of, of doing the virtuous thing and, and handing over mm-hmm. what's handing over what I want? But I, I give it away in sacrifice, whether that's, you know, I'd, I'd rather kill myself or I'd rather curl up in a ball in a fetal position and go cry, you know, but I'm not going to because that's not the virtuous thing to do. Um, or do I, do I actually give over actively surrender as Christ did to his captors on the cross? Or do I, you know, try to disassociate and find an escape mm-hmm. from whatever it is I'm looking for? Yeah. And I, I want to get into a couple of those examples a little bit more in a minute as well. Um, but there's, there's something here. So a little bit of what you're touching on father, Michael, of this, like what you're going to do with what's happening in the moment, um, like with this sickness or with your herniated disc or so on and so forth is, um, it's very much reminding me of father Walter Chizik's he leadeth me, which I'm sure I've talked about on the podcast before. Cause I just love that book. Um, and all of you should read it. He leadeth me. But Father Walter Chiswick just like 
uses his experience to to so clearly show um, that God's will for us is in the present moment. And because he's the mm. God of the present, <laughs> like the ever present. And so um, his will for us is in the present moment. And we have to like use really, n- this is very nuanced, right? Because um, your sickness, Father Michael, is an objective evil, right? Like yes. all yeah. illness is an objective evil um, because it's it's not... Um, how humanity is made to be like it's there, there was no sickness before the fall. There will be no sickness in heaven, you know? Um, and so, so that's an objective evil. I'm not saying that God is causing an evil. I would not say that because he doesn't do that. Um, but he's allowing this and by allowing it, he has good that he wants to bring from it and that he's trying to bring from it and that he will bring from it. If we allow it, if we surrender to the present moment and, so I think it's this this part of it is remembering that if these things are happening around us, um, we absolutely should do what is in our control, what what the Lord has has placed in our control um, to to fight against evils, right? But the things that we can't change, um, the most fruitful thing is is to just find the good that is in them, and. Uh, a really simple example of this, when we were in Colorado, our whole community was in Colorado back in September, and I took I took some of the nuns to hike South Table in Golden because it was just my, it was my favorite hike in college, my favorite night hike, and um, I loved going up there. I made, a, anyways, I just was so great, and um, there's just so much nostalgia for me, and I wanted a couple of the nuns to experience it, so I, I take them up. And we realize when we're almost at the top that it's now private property. Like the mountaintop is private property. And so we we hit a point where it's like, you can't go on here. And I was like, this is the worst. This is the worst. And I had, I just had in my mind that I was going to take them to the top of South Table and show them the place that I would take Pustinia and show them the little place that I would sit and um why? What would your spiritual father do, mother? You would have absolutely gone anyways. And I did not. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I am. <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, so anyways, um, we didn't. And we just hiked off in a different direction and saw something else. And and so the thing is, like, for the first 10 minutes of this other hike, I'm just fuming about how we're not on South Table. And then finally, I'm like, this is so dumb. I'm hiking. I love hiking. I'm surrounded by mountains. I love mountains. I'm wasting all of my energy just being angry about the fact that this isn't South Table. And instead, I'm not enjoying the beauty that's actually around me. And so I just made the conscious choice, you know, to like, no, I'm going to enjoy this beauty. Um, And uh, yeah, so... um, and then we t- we talked about that um, the other nuns and I and just realized like this is just a microcosm of what we do in life all the time when there's some sort of situation that's not going the way that we expected not the way that we planned and and it might even be because of an objective evil um, and um, and it's fine to change that right but that's the situation where it's like I can't change the fact that this is private property and in fact it might be for good reason like maybe it's because 
it's been so um, so hiked that they're trying to do some sort of um, restoration project there or something, and they're trying to keep hikers off. Like it, it's it's you know probably not for malicious reasons, um, but <laughs> hopefully. So regard regardless <laughs> regardless though, um, my my point is that like I can't change the fact that it's private property, and but I can enjoy the other beauty that God is placing before me as opposed to just um, looking behind me like Lot's wife. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amen. So there, there was a St. Irenaeus quote that I wanted to share that I think is really beautiful. And it's very simple. He says, submission to God is eternal rest. And I think there's a great truth here. And I think he's using submission in the same way that I'm using surrender. Um, of, I mean, submission would be literally under the mission, right? Um, which is, I think, akin to handing my will over to the one whose mission I'm under. Um, mm-hmm. So, which, which is more, more. When I hear that, I think more of an active thing, mm-hmm. like supporting the mission. Of, yeah, yeah. So, um, so submission to God is eternal rest. I think it's this matter of. If if I'm submitting or surrendering to him, to God, and I know that he has my good in mind, even more than I have my own good in mind, um, there's just a great rest in there. There's there's a great rest in knowing that I'm surrendering to the one who will actually um actually wants my goodness, my my good. Yeah. Um, not goodness. I mean, I guess also that, but I meant good. Uh, sorry, I'm really tired. <laughs> um, can you see the like huge bags under my eyes? Because it's pretty horrible. <laughs> no, you look beautiful. Um, <laughs> thanks. So, um, which reminded me, I've had um, I've had the John Denver song playing in my head all day, actually all week, ever since I decided to do this topic. Do you know the Sweet Surrender? Sweet, no, sweet surrender. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no. Live, live without care. Like I a know, fish in the water. <laughs> like a bird in the air. It's it's important. I wanted to sing the whole thing. Because, like, that's so biblical. The Like a bird in the air. Like this sweet surrender. Like a fish in the water. Like a bird. Live without care. Like a fish in the water. Like a bird in the air. Um, and it reminds me very much of that passage in Matthew 6 where where Jesus is just like, don't worry about tomorrow. Like, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. Look at the birds, you know? Um, yeah. And he provides for them. And um, why are you making that face? No, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of getting mad at myself because like, obviously I'm a Christian. <laughs> I've, 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 I've altered my whole life based upon this man, Jesus Christ. But, but it is still, it is still so hard to hear that. Like even knowing the Christian message, it's mm-hmm. so hard for me to hear that, that the best thing to do is to kind of let somebody else control things. And mm-hmm. I know it's God and obviously I'm all about that, but there, there's still something in me that, that, that wants to like, I, I feel that it would be more virtuous to, instead of just floating down with the, with the stream to fight against it. There just seems something so virtuous. So it, in other words, it takes wisdom. It takes yeah. wisdom to know when to have a Christ-like submission or, or surrender mm-hmm. and when, when fighting and, and that effort to go against the stream is the, is the best thing to do. Sorry. I just had a moment of like, 
I'm not a huge John Denver fan, so and <gasps> and I just like Aww. so I think it was something I don't know. He's don't just tell so, mother. Don't tell mother. He's so laid back. I won't. It's just, it's it's such mother a mother is like the biggest John Denver John Denver fan in the whole think, world. I can't think of a certain context where I'd be like, I feel like listening to John Denver. I have like, to tell you he something. He doesn't get me I have to tell out. you something. <laughs> I'm whispering so that mother doesn't hear me. Other okay. than other than um Country Roads. You know that yes. song, right? Yes. Country Road. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. uh it's actually Take Me Home. Not anyways. Um but Country Roads, <laughs> that's the only John Denver song I knew before I entered. Um and mother would be so horribly disappointed to know that. So none of none of you can tell her. <laughs> um but now I know many more because I'm you've, here. You've converted so. to the mind of the monastery you joined. That's, um, that's a good thing. Uh, so anyways, but but actually, so John Denver, Matthew 6, that's all great. I'm going to name this Sweet, Sweet Surrender. That's what I'm going to name this this episode just to <laughs> upset you. Um, that's not true. I already had that episode title in mind before I found out that you don't like John Denver. I'm telling right. Mother. I'm not telling. this is the least um, listened to episode ever because of that title. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. But what you're saying about, like, it is hard... It's hard to think of because we're, especially I think in our current, no, this is probably true of just everyone always. By the way, if we, if we don't name it that, it's because Mother and I had a conversation afterwards about <laughs> about current topics and understandings. Sorry, go ahead. Do you really think it's bad? <laughs> There's a different song that I know. Anyway, go ahead. I don't no. want to talk about it. Okay. I'll talk about it so, um, it is hard for us because we're like raised to be independent and to provide for ourselves and quite frankly to be self-reliant and all of these destructive things um and so it is hard to um are you just looking up a song right now can you pay attention I'm, I'm, <laughs> so, I'm looking up a song so um it's hard to think of just totally surrendering our will over to someone else um but like and I know you said it is the Christian message. Like that's what Jesus says when he says to be like a child to enter the kingdom, right? Um, that's what kids do. Like these kids aren't providing for themselves, ideally, right? There's we're in a broken world. I like world the interpretation. I like the interpretation better than one I give. Oh gosh, being annoying to God. Okay, there's that too. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Yes, little one. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Good I job, Father Michael. <laughs> you Thank just you. keep being annoying <laughs> to Jesus. Thank um, you. I'm trying. But, <laughs> but also, <laughs> um, there is something about just like not having to provide for themselves. Um, again, ideally, we're in a broken world. But um, the... You know, I remember I talked about this on another episode, but I remember that um, her name might have even been Natalia, that little girl. Um, uh, one of the Romanian parishioners um, at your parish one time when I was there. Um, she was like with her dad, this little, I don't even remember how old she was at this point, maybe like six or something. Um, and she's holding his hand and she just throws herself backwards, like towards the <laughs> cement, just throws herself backwards yeah. in complete abandon. And she's just yeah. has the utmost confidence that her dad is not going to let her hit the ground. And he doesn't. Um, 
praise God, because that would have been a wound she was healing from in so many <laughs> ways. Uh, but the like that's the image I have in my mind now ever since I saw that of what Jesus means when he says, be like a child to enter the kingdom. It's like mm-hmm. just totally have this reckless abandon that that the Father cares for you and wants your good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and to clarify, like we don't we don't want to test God either. That's what, <laughs> that's what Satan wants us to do. But um, but I, I don't I know jump off a bridge and say and I, and like I think, right, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. But another thing I think that that popped into my mind is that um, we when we say, isn't it beautiful to not provide for ourselves? I don't. It, we, what we don't we mean is, isn't it <laughs> Can nice you to start be that sentence over again? Because <laughs> there was a lot of. What did I say? You just like because what we don't mean and that we mean and oh. don't, like it just was, <laughs> that's because of my sniffles. I too. know. Um, what what we don't mean is that we don't want to provide for ourselves. Like right. what we don't mean is that I need God to provide, which He does, of course. But we, I don't need. I don't say I'm going to rely upon God for for everything in my daily life, and I'm not going to put any effort into this. Of course not. But what we do mean is that the things that we need. Are, are so far beyond our own ability to provide. So, you know, what we do need is, is the Eucharist. What we do need is confession. What we do need is baptism. What we do need is faith. What we do need is hope. What we do need is love. None of these things we can provide for ourselves. So God is a provider and we, we recklessly seek, I like that, how you use that word, mother. We recklessly seek after those things and we even have a certain entitlement within, within faith, within, because there, there's no way we can earn them. We know that. So we, we say, Lord, I, you want me to have these things. I, down deep, even though I don't act like it all the time, I want these things. So what, what you want to provide is so far beyond my ability to do that. This is the, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? They, Adam and Eve thought that, that if they ate from this tree, it'd be like the Tower of Babel. If they eat from this tree, now we can decide and be like God in being able to provide and decide what is good and what is evil. Whereas God was saying, you know, what you need and what, what you want is so far beyond your ability to do it yourself. So there are things that you can do. There are certain even ways of being happy that you can be in control of. Um, but, but, but to fulfill your vocation, what I created you for, namely union with me, theosis, heaven, um, you cannot provide that. You cannot do that. The Tower of Babel showed that. You need, you need me. And so I have to sit back and, and, or not even sit back. I have to sit up. I have to lean forward. I have to lean into and, and, and fully participate as much as I am able to, as much as God gives me the grace to, to participate in God's providing with me with those things mm-hmm. that, that will actually fulfill my vocation mm-hmm. to holiness. Um, I want to share just a few more thoughts on, um, again, emphasizing this point that to surrender is not to be passive and and also the reminder of to whom we're surrendering, because again, it's not to the enemy soldier, right? It's it's to God, and and that's really really important here because we can get all sorts of um, distortions and perversions if we're surrendering to um, to really anything or anyone that is not God. Um, so I wanted to share something from this book. Father Michael, have you ever read this book? 
You have to read this book. Um, it's really short. It's really short. Father Andrew Damick. Oh yeah, I, I listen to his podcast all the time. Father <gasps> Andrew Stephen Damick. Um, I have not. But I want he seems to know like a really him. Good theologian. Uh, he's amazing. This book is amazing. So okay. okay. Um, Arise, O God, is the book, listeners, and all of you should read it. It's uh, the Gospel of Christ's defeat of demons, sin, and death by Father Andrew Damick. And just like absolutely blowing my mind. Um, and it's a really short read, but packed full of, um, it's just, it's so full. So he he's talking about what it means. Um, well, he's talking about what it means to um, have faith and to be faithful. And, um, and he's talking about how this isn't just a, the, the same point that it's not just a passive thing, like to have faith um, is not just about simply believing, but it requires continuous action and loyalty. And he's, so he, he says, if we keep faith with God, then we break faith with the other side in the war that was launched by the rebellious angelic beings. So keeping in mind that like to choose to surrender to God means that we're choosing to not surrender to someone or something else. And so it's very much a switching sides. You know, it's like when when the Lord says you can't serve both God and Mammon. Like we're it's it's always a choice. We because we're not actually in total control, we're in some ways surrendering control to someone. So like we want that someone to be God. Um but then That's such a sorry, go ahead. I know. It's hard. That is just it's a very hard thing because I think that that's one of our biggest we're trying to evangelize right now a world that does not believe that. I know. That, that, that does not believe it has to be one way or the other. And I, I, I have trouble thinking. I, I submit to that reality because I know it's, it's true. But, but it's hard even for me in my just American mind, Western mind, secular mind, to say, like, it doesn't have to be either one of those. That's what I want to say. You don't need to surrender to anybody. You, you, in other words, it, you don't, it doesn't have to be God or mammon, right? That I, but so I, I think, I think, it's important for us to say, I understand how most people in the world think that way because I get it. I get that that made the case. I, I think it's true that most of us who are evangelizers, most of us say mm-hmm. it's important to understand. Like I understand why people in the world think this way. I, the, the opposite of my political ideology. I, I think it's important that I understand not I understand evil. We don't want to understand evil and there's evil in these things, but I understand how the devil is using what appears to be good to convince us to do mm-hmm. evil. And so I get even the people, even the most, you know, abortion minded, pro abortion people in the world, there's something I understand about what they're looking for that yeah. the devil has taken and twisted and made evil. I don't want to understand evil. Right. But I do want to understand why human beings who are created in God's image and likeness, who are always seeking after good, why they think this is good. And yeah. I think that's important for me to know. And I, so, uh, sorry, go ahead. Um, yeah, I actually just read this morning. Um, um, Father Father Andrew says, uh, just a page after what I'm about to read, but he says, I know this commandment is hard to hear in our day, <laughs> um, yeah. but blah, blah, blah. Um, but he says, so he's talking about this this switching sides. And this is what I mean by it's not passive. He says, to turn from sin to righteousness 
is not merely a matter of ceasing to do bad things. Sin is fundamentally a kind of demonic force that masters us and makes us demonic slaves when we give in to it, um, i.e. when we surrender to it. Righteousness, therefore, is freedom from slavery to sin, but it also means commitment to a new master. You cannot switch sides in this war without actually enlisting on the side of God and obeying his marching orders. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think it's just... I don't know. It, it's it's hard to hear, but but like it's also a lived experience, right? Like we all know that there are certain things in life that we just can't change, um, and 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 I think that there's something to be said for what we do with that. You know, I was, but I I, I did want to share the next thing I wanted to share was from um, the eighth chapter of of the Gospel of Luke, and it's what you're saying, Father Michael, of like this is hard for me. Like it's 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 hard for us to hear and it's hard for us to accept. Um, in um, in in Luke eight, um, starting with twenty six on, uh, we hear about um, Jesus healing the demoniac, and um, and it says that uh, he meets the man from the city who had no demons, um, and when he, as in the, the demon, when he, the, the demon within this man, saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. And I just realized as I was praying with this a couple of weeks ago with this verse, I was like, dear God. And I mean that in, in the truest sense of the words, like, dear God, I say this all the time. Um, I say this all the time. Jesus is wanting to do good in my life. And I say, um, what have you to do with me? I beg you, do not torment me. Like so, so often the things that are happening in our life that the Lord wants to use for good, the evil things that he's allowing that he then wants to bring good out of, um, the evil things that he's allowing that we don't have the power to change that he wants to bring good out of, they hurt so much that I'm just like, don't torment me. Like they feel like torment, you know? It's the whole, um, it's it's like... Um, you know, like what, what father would give his son a serpent when he asks for an egg or a, I don't remember actually how they go, but, um, (laughs) um, serpent, fish, rock, egg, rock. Oh, you're so good. Serpent. When he asks for an egg or a fish, when he asks, or a rock when he asks for a fish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how much more does the Father in like. Heaven... Serpent looks like a fish, kind of, and a rock looks like an egg, kind of. Oh, okay. So there's a certain... Serpent, fish, egg, it. rock. Okay. Um, yeah. And But, you know, my, my former confessor used to tell me, like, that's absolutely true. But sometimes, sometimes... It, it looks like a rock and it tastes like a rock and it smells like a rock and we have to trust that it's an egg. <laughs> um, and, yeah. uh, and, and that's the thing is like sometimes Jesus, huh. like sometimes the good Jesus is doing in our lives 
feels like torment um, because there are things being being purified within us um, and because yeah. there's just evil because we have free will. <laughs> um, and like Father, yeah. Father Nathan would say, you're thinking like a devil. When we're thinking like a devil, that means that we want, like we've been convinced by the demons to want certain things. And so if God gives us something that's good and we see it as evil, that's like we're thinking like a devil because we've allowed ourselves to do that. Like what does Peter is, say when Jesus thing. wants to go to Jerusalem? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God yeah, forbid. Get behind me, get Satan. Behind me, yeah. Satan. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the the two the two uh, there were two examples. I'll just I'll close with this. Two examples that I wanted to share um, of like this kind of surrender that I think is lived very well. Um, so. So first thing, I'm not saying everyone needs to listen to Sweet, Sweet Surrender. I don't care if you listen to that. But everyone does need to read Arise, Arise, O God. And the other thing I'm going to say is everyone should watch Man of God. Oh. I need to do that too. My goodness. Yes. Father Michael, this is like, oh, uh, maybe my favorite movie. Um, I finally watched Father Stu, which is I've been wanting to do for Oh, a that's good. Time. Yeah. Yeah, man of God is yeah, so much fa- better. I, Father Stu okay. was good. It was good. But but Man of God is amazing. It will change your life, okay. Father Michael. It's like... That's what I've heard. Ostrov. I've heard it's like Ostrov, but in English. And it's not actually like Ostrov at all, other than it's about a really holy person. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, it's not similar at all. So um, if you're the type who gets panicked at subtitles, just know that like it starts with subtitles, but then very quickly it switches and then the rest is in English. So it's not the whole movie. Um so St. Nectarius, who, oh, I love this man. Oh, I love this man. Um, but his whole, like, he's he's a bishop. He gets super slandered. And his whole, the, the rest of his life is just slander, slander, slander from within the church. And this is like a holy man. Um, and... And he's constantly, he's just like, if you watch this movie, this is in my mind, um, surrender at its best. Like he is constantly in prayer asking the Lord, why is this happening? Why are you letting this happen? And he's constantly like reaching out um, to the patriarch and and he, he never gives up like trying to correct things. Um, and yet um, he's like, God is allowing this through the church and thus, and I will be obedient to the patriarch. And he's just um, totally, excuse me, totally lives out obedience. Um, while all the while, like it's, it's just his prayer life is one of, of great activity. And in the times when it's like, he's not even being given a parish to serve in um, and he's not even being allowed in like active ministry or, or whatever, like he's out serving the poor. Um, he's giving his shoes to the homeless. He's like, there's never a point at which he's like, well, I guess I'll just sit here and do nothing. Um, it's always like, well, Lord, what do you want me to do with what I have right now? Um, and, um, and he just like, won't speak badly about the, the people who are, are doing him harm even like, and I'm like, we have to do that to some extent, right. In, um, in the sense of like, um, justice. justice, yeah, <laughs> but um, but it's just a beautiful movie, and and one of the parts that I was moved by the most, and Mother Eliana is reading his biography right now, and she says the biography is is like very very um, in line with the movie, um, so so it seems the movie's really accurate, and 
One of the parts that moved me the most, um, there were multiple points in the movie that I cried. Uh, I know that's not surprising because I cry like all the time. But uh, the um, he helps start this community of nuns, and um, and then the community starts to be very persecuted. And he's just like got such a beautiful fatherly heart for his nuns. Um, he does everything to care for them. He's he's basically you you find out from the book even more like they're totally sustained by his paycheck, basically. Like, he's just single-handedly basically sustaining their monastery. Um, And there's this part in the movie where, like, they're being attacked, and he suddenly stands up for them and is saying things like he's never done for himself for his entire life. So he has a spiritual son, Kostas, I think was his name, um who's with him all along and he's all along been trying to get uh, Bishop Nectarius to fight for himself. He's like, why are you just letting these things happen? You need to fight. You need to fight. And, and St. Nectarius just won't for the, his entire life. And then all of a sudden these nuns are being persecuted and he's like giving it all he's got to fight for these nuns. Mm, and Costas nice. is so upset. And he's like, why are you doing this for them? And you would never do it for yourself. Um, why would you never do this before? And St. Nectarius just says, um, when you are the one being persecuted, you turn the other cheek, but when it's your children, you fight for them. And it was just like this really, really beautiful, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, the movie's so good. Like, ugh, I just, I was thinking of my spiritual children and just my desire to fight for them. And anyways, it's amazing. So amazing. Um, and then the other example is, uh, the Coptic martyrs from Libya, the ones that were killed in Libya, um, uh, back in 2015. Um, and because I, I had watched, um, I listened to this song that was written, that was inspired by their martyrdom. Um, and then... In the song, like in someone, someone put the song to a music video. It's not like the official music video for the song, but someone put the song to a video. And in the video, there's one part where it shows part of the video of their martyrdom because ISIS was filming this, right? Um, that the terrorists were were filming um, the the persecution. I mean, um, execution. <laughs> It's also persecution, but anyways, um, <laughs> and um, and it didn't. It didn't. Um, the video didn't show ISIS. the The video from ISIS did, but the video I watched did not show the actual beheading. Um, mm. It just showed them being like shoved to their knees, and then um, their head, and then showing them shove their heads to the ground, um, and. As I was watching this, it's like you see the men kneeling there. Um, and there were two men that really stuck out to me as the camera panned across their faces. Um, one of them, I thought like, this was kind of weird, but I was just like, his neck looks strange. Like the way his neck is looks strange. And then I realized it was because he was trying to to be as upright as he possibly could. So he was even like sticking his neck out further. Um, and it was just this this beautiful witness of, 
I like looked at this man and I was like, he knows his dignity. Um, and, and he is not allowing those who are killing him, um, to think that they have a control over him because they don't. Um, and then, and then another man, like, well, multiple of them, you could see this, but you could just see, um, prayers on his lips as he's, as he's praying to God in, in his final moments. And I, I thought like, this is the witness of surrender to God because ISIS thought these men were surrendering to them, but they weren't, they were surrendering to God. And it very much for me was like the words of the Lord to Pilate saying, you would have no power given you would have no power over me unless it was given to you from above it's like yeah. these these men um these martyrs it was clear to whom they were surrendering um and that was just uh yeah it it just was was really really powerful to to watch again i didn't watch the actual beheading and i can't um i just can't but uh um, but even just to see that much was like, yeah, just beautiful. That's really beautiful. ISIS thought that they were surrendering to them, mm-hmm. but they were really surrendering to God, which is a, such a condemnation of the terrorists because the terrorists were taking the place of the of the Romans that killed our Lord, mm-hmm. like who who thought that they were winning, mm-hmm. that, that this was something that they would win, but they actually weren't. They were losing, and they're they're that that's such a. That's a reality when it comes to that surrender, because like you, you can't. What Jesus did when he died and rose was he took away the fact that death is a is a conquering by the one who kills. Yeah, death. Like where just, is your sting? That. Exactly. He death is now. Death is now something that that is incredibly powerful. Is a is a act of self gift. Is is a a sacrifice done out of love, mm. and something that 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 allows us, especially if done for Christ, which is what martyrdom is, to receive a crown in heaven. Um, so there's there's it's it's amazing when when we take a life, or when we bully, or when we do when we when we hate, when we do anything, get angry, like we're doing it because. We think that we are we're doing this because we want to be in control, but the exact opposite is the case. Again, we're thinking like a demon. Mm-hmm. Whenever whenever we try, whenever we do anything like what the terrorists did, what the Roman soldier did, what the Jewish leadership did, what when we do anything that that attacks another person in that way that somehow we desire that they submit to us, we're actually doing demonic actions, you know, in, in making them a victim of us. Um, and, and, and when we are on the side of the victim, then like Christ, we have that opportunity to say, I will not submit to you. I will not submit to the demons, but I will submit. I will surrender to Christ and to you. It may look the same. And if it looks the same, then you're acting like a demon mm-hmm. rather than someone who understands that, that, that beautiful difference between the two. One more thing before I finish up, because I know we're getting close mother. Um, something you said that father, um, Andrew Stephen Demick had in the book, um, by the way, I bought it um, just now. So yes. I'll, I'll, I'll receive it <gasps> oh, soon. I'm so glad. Um, I encourage you all to do the same. Oh, sorry. My, I know my voice is kind of weird because I'm sick. But um, I, I think one of the things he said that is so important is that um, the, the a life of faith is so much more than not doing bad things. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's step one. 
That's step one in the ladder of St. John Climacus. That's step one in the threefold spiritual life of, of catharsis, photesis, theosis, of, of self-emptying, uh, or of, uh, what's it? Purgation, illumination, uh, union. That's the, the Roman way of saying it. So like th- that's step one. Not doing bad things is how we prepare our hearts for the spiritual life. Now again, that doesn't mean that we need to despair because all of us still do bad things. Of course, we all still do bad things. We all sin, as St. Paul says. But, but, but when, when I, that in a sense satisfies my rebellion against the idea that you cannot serve both God and mammon or that there's no, or there's a third way or that, that I need to surrender either to the evil things or to the divine things. Um, my, my aversion to that reality from a human perspective is in a sense, um, I, I'm comforted as a Christian, um, by that reality that, that what Christ calls us to and what, what we are created for is more than just not doing bad things. And that's pretty much all I can do is if I think I'm on my own and I can do this on my own, all I can say is I don't, I don't do anything that God, God, God's going to be fine if I don't do bad things. Most Christians think that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Most Christians think that God just wants me not to do bad things and to do good things. And if I do that, then I'm going to get to heaven. That's not it. We, we, that we cannot do good things and therefore go to heaven. That, that's the devil speaking. Well, what we, we need to be in union with God, who's the only in union with Jesus Christ who inherits the kingdom of heaven. And if we're in union with him, we inherit it as well, because he is the son of the king of God the Father. So, um, that, that's, if we think there's a third way of not starting to God or the de- demonic or not serving with God and mammon, that's what, that's in a sense what we're thinking. We're thinking that, that, that not doing bad things is good enough mm-hmm. to get to heaven. And it's not even, we think that doing good things is good enough to go to heaven. It's not mm-hmm. right. And neither of those really have to do with, with the union with God that is necessary to enter into eternal life. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Let's wrap up then. Um, and um, before prayer intentions, all the things um, we are on Goodreads, which is where you can see the book Arise, O Lord, which all of you need to read. Um, and YouTube audio only. Uh, Twitter is just Father Michael's at Padre Michael O. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. Our email is whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is whatgodisnot.com. We also have a website in the works for our nonprofit, Fotina, P-H-O-Tina.org. And um, I think that's it. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Uh, prayer intentions, please pray for We just had this woman on Pustinia here. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Her name's Lexi. Um, please pray for Lexi and her husband, Matthew. Thank you. And I'll, I'm going to, when I was thinking who to pray for, I thought, well, pray for all those, um, either negatively, well, yeah, let's say neg- negatively or in some way affected by, by my illness, just cause I'm weak right now and feeling very sick. Um, but, uh, please pray for my niece Shaley, shout out to mm. Shaley, my niece Shaley, who is uh, up at Worcester college. That was called Worcester college in Worcester, Ohio. She's a freshman, and she's doing very, very well, thank God. And uh, and my buddy Franco in Steubenville, who I was supposed to see and have a cigar with today, along with Mother Natalia. And uh, and then, of course, my beloved daughter, Maddie, um, who I also miss seeing, along with you, of course, Mother Natalia, and all the nuns there. And then also, uh, please pray for the Sheridans, who um, are a couple of my parishioners that I'm going to have dinner with tonight after this, if I'm feeling up for it, um, just because I was able to stay back 
of or because I did stay back. So it's the the positive among among the situation. So good surrendering. You. Thank you. Trying to find the positive and negative situation. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I love you and I miss you and I'm sad that you're not here and all of that. But, um, yeah. All right. Father, can you give us a blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May our Lord enlighten all of you in the beauty of aligning yourself with his own surrender. Um, to God and to the will of God and to love and to joy, to goodness, to truth that allowed for the salvation of our souls, um, a new creation and the resurrection of all flesh from the dead. Um, that you may also imitate and participate in this surrender. May he give you wisdom to understand um, the way to participate in the things he has asked you to be responsible for and the things to control and the ways he is asking you to allow him to work in the ways that will actually save your soul. May our Lord have you call to mind those whom you should pray for in this way. May you call upon the saints for intercession, those who have truly surrendered and therefore won the crowns of eternal life. May I bless you and your families and your friends. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.